Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Today, I'm happy to say we continue our tour of the Bible books, and we are about to jump into Joshua. Joshua is a memorable and meaningful masterpiece of a book, full of vivid instructions and glowing encouragements. From courage to conflict, conquest to commitment, wonderful, stimulating themes are presented. Yet perhaps the greatest lesson of Joshua is that of the faithfulness of God. Its intricate, complex, unmistakable thread runs and resurfaces throughout time the whole together. The first half is both sharp and striking, while the second is more eloquent and expressive. Joshua is straightforward and simple to read, while captivating and compelling to think on. And as we think on, we step onto the Bible page and there are no signs of glitz or glamour. Tabernacle and tents, people and pets perch on the perimeter of the promised land. Moses has met his maker and that same maker now declares it's time for a new leader. So we meet up with Joshua as he meets up with God, commissioned to be courageous and consistent. With repetition, God reassures that he will neither fail nor forsake and that the warfare to come will not be about muscle or might. So with his soul strengthened, Joshua, the son of Nun, sends out to... And these two undercover agents find themselves hiding undercover on Rahab's roof. From a roof to a receding river, the people of God set up some stones as a symbol of their faith. But alas, the next set of stones we encounter belong to the walled city of Jericho, and they march to their own beat, having none of God and all of self. Speaking of marching, we witness seven priests with seven horns over seven days. Realising that rest is centred in a person, not a place, the people shout while the horns blast, and those stones of self and sin crumble in a tumble. Up next are accursed things and hidden sins, and the battle plan backfires because of them. Having neither the sense to escape, nor the grace to confess, the guilty party soon learn that ignoring issues doesn't make them disappear, and sweeping them under a rug generates more problems than it solves. Yet with Jesus, failure is never final. New starts and clean hearts are always available from the asking. From woodcutters to water carriers to the sun standing still, the enemy seems moonstruck and in turn are struck down. With the armies losing their call, the kings of the land lose their heads. Finally, the land is divided and good old Joshua is indeed now old. This local boy made good now talks to his kith and kin one last time. Goose gump bumps are given with the way that he talks. He reassures them that faith is not about feeling, but following. And with his death, we reach not only his end, but our own. Our journey with Joshua is over. The next time we meet, we shall be weighing up the evidence and observing the book of Judges. But until then, Joshua is more than just a good read about leadership and land, conquest and surrender. It's a book both real and relevant and uses great storytelling skill to stir the imagination and strengthen the faith, energise the body and embolden the mind. Continually from end to end there are words of hope to reassure the young and words of warning imparted to the old. Finally, Joshua provides us with portraits of life and invites us to see ourselves in them. Some are humorous, some serious, some are critical some are affirming, some are polite, some are rude. Some seek God, some seek self. The only question is, which one of us are we? The answer? Well, I'll leave that up to you.